December football. This is where the big dogs eat and the rest get ready for hibernation over the long off-season. Which is your team? Well, let's discuss. This is the push-off. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push-Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Ogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, boot on the neck till you hear a crack right. Dan, we are here. We just finished week 13. Thanksgiving, long gone now. It's December football. Yep. Uh, In fact... It's it's one more bye week. One more bye week. It's a heavy bye week. Uh, you're probably guys wrapping up fantasy regular seasons and things like that coming up. So what we're walking into is bye week this week was Cardinals and Panthers. So I guess super boring, hard knocks, uh, Cardinals coming up. <laughs> we we sat around and, and watched other teams play football. This is how we felt about it. It's we're going to go yeah, home with Colt McCoy this week and see how his family... <laughs> Yeah, watches off-season stuff. <laughs> We're going to see uh, if awesome. Kyler watches any film during oh, the off week. That'll be the only thing to pay attention to. Um, also, the Panthers, they spent their time releasing quarterbacks. They released Baker Mayfield, who uh, was picked up off waivers by the Rams this afternoon. Makes total sense. Recording. Yeah, apparently the Rams were the only team that put in a claim for him as well. Oh. The 49ers didn't want him. Didn't need him. Uh, Happy with yeah. Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. Yeah, joining it. Yeah, which is a whole thing. I'm going to leave that just for the Niners game. We'll talk about that. Um, Man. But, yeah, Baker Mayfield to the Rams. The Rams do need some arms here, whether he plays this year whenever. I mean, I actually think that makes sense. Like, weirdly enough, him going to L.A., Matthew Stafford is, you know, pretty badly beaten up in his 30s. Sean McVay is a, you know, a genius. And their backup is John Wolford. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. it's an improvement, like Baker Mayfield is an improvement over the backup quarterback situation in LA. You want to kick the tires on Baker Mayfield, see what he can pick up, see what he can't. I think it makes a lot of sense and it's a good opportunity for Baker. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for Baker, whether he's in there or not. I think Stafford's done for this year. Rams are done for this year. Yeah. So we'll see him. Have uh, we, did we tombstone the Rams? If you want to. I feel did like you, we did. They're three did and you nine. Tombstone the Raiders because right we now tombstone they tombstone the Raiders. Yes. Oh, yeah. They got a zombie situation going on. We got a zombie situation. Um, huge bye week this week though. There's like six teams on a bye week, so less games next week. But we got a slate this week, so let's jump into them, Dan. Let's talk about oh, yeah. this week. A uh, handful of good games, a handful of uh, okay games. We'll get through all of them and everything that we got. Um, game of the week. You, there were a couple of very strong games. The one I picked back and forth between two teams that we will be seeing plenty more of the remainder of this year. I'm talking 
Kansas City Chiefs at 24, the Cincinnati Bengals winning at 27. We didn't pick it. We, we didn't. Were, we were going Chiefs because the Chiefs have been red hot, but oh, we overlooked the Cincinnati Bengals and just how good they've been. Um, the Not even is uh, uh, Mixon back. It was P. Yeah. Ryan, 155 total yards from scrimmage. Burrow, three total touchdowns, two passing and, and one rushing in. Um it was still a back and forth game. Chiefs could have won it. It's not like it was it was a dominant game by the Bengals, but the Bengals still with a big big win at the same score of the AFC Championship game that they beat them in just last year. We, I guess I didn't realize how evenly matched these teams were. Mm-hmm. Missing Joe Mixon, I thought was going to be the thing that sunk the Bengals. And we talk a lot about you know first half planning, second half talent. Yeah. I thought the Chiefs were going to run away with this thing in the second half. They had a 14-point third quarter where they looked fucking great. They looked phenomenal. The problem is Cincinnati didn't buckle. The thing teams normally do when Kansas City has an onslaught is normally those other teams start pushing and pressing and making bad fucking mistakes. Uh, this Bengals team did not. Joe Burrow went out there in the fourth quarter, had an 11-play drive, that took five minutes and absolutely crushed this thing. Um, yeah, I mean, and then to have a 10-play drive to close out the game, to not give it back to uh, to Pat Mahomes, like that's the number one thing you can do to your defense, just don't let the guy get the ball back. You know, to yeah. kill almost four minutes of clock, that's the way to do this thing. Um, Kansas City, yeah, never felt like they were out of this game, always felt like this was super competitive, but I think having that game on the road for Kansas City is probably the difference maker. We talk about it. You know, a road game is worth at least three points, you know, to the home team. Um, so I think if this is in Kansas City, maybe it goes a little bit differently. But if it's in Kansas City, maybe they got Joe Mixon back. And yeah. maybe that makes up the difference. But, yeah, Kansas City 9-3 and three and weirdly in trouble in the AFC now. Hmm. And you talk about how big home games are. And if it was in Kansas City, now if these two teams meet each other again this year, the chances of it being in Kansas City greatly diminish mm-hmm. due to this game. So they, right away, they lost their head to head with Buffalo. So Buffalo has yep. that on them. Buffalo is now the number one seed. So that's yep. a huge loss for Kansas City. They needed you start to thinking that. Yeah. yeah, they needed to have a one game lead over Buffalo because a tie gives the the tie to Buffalo. They can't drop another one of these games because it doesn't look like the Bengals uh, are really going to drop one. I mean, the the Browns uh, offer them a strange... Look at January 2nd. January 2nd, night game. It's Buffalo at Cincinnati. Oh, can't wait very true. to see how that one matches up now. Now, So that's a control a your own destiny. That's a that control be, your own destiny thing. Yeah, number one seed on the line. Yeah. The Bengals keep this up. Yeah. Awesome, awesome game. Um it does, yeah. It dings the Chiefs, but maybe it just makes me think that. Well, I don't know because with the loss to Buffalo too, it kind of feels like the Chiefs can beat anybody, but these top teams could beat them. Kind of feeling. So that's something we got to look out for as the postseason arrives. So AFC. Patrick Mahomes is now seventeen and two yeah. in the month of December. Oof, oof. For his career, for that's his nuts. career, that's nuts. Um, so 
in order to keep talking about through the gaze, you, you got the real good ones of of the week, and then you got these others that we're going to oh, kind of seventeen and three. Through. Sorry, seventeen to three. This 17. this he was seventeen and two going into it. My apologies. Uh, we got these others that we kind of you kind of got to get through. Is what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> other games that that happened that week, um, and they got you know shadows over them and things that happened. So what I'm leading into is we're going to Houston, where the Cleveland Browns twenty seven. <laughs> Houston Texans 14. Um, this one is not in the two-minute offense, but it doesn't need to take a whole lot of time. Uh, it was the return of Deshaun Watson. Didn't look great for him. He uh, no. The rust was the word used uh, mostly for him. He just had one interception. Uh, and you're like, well, but the Browns won. They put up 27 points. Uh, this was a 7-5 to five Browns lead at the half. That five was a safety for the Texans. Uh, Browns got touchdowns from a pick six, a punt touch return touchdown, and I think a fumble return touchdown. So there's three, there's 21 points right there. The Browns offense looked maybe worse with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, I'll take that back. Definitely worse with Deshaun Watson over anything Jacoby Brissett was putting out this year. It didn't like, look ready, right? It didn't look like no. they had any game plan. It, it looked like he had never practiced with anybody mm. on the team. Not even preseason. Not like, oh, hey, man, remember we had these routes in preseason? <laughs> we got it. Third quarter, we're settling down. He never settled down the whole game. He looked like shit the whole time. One of the worst end zone interceptions I can yeah. remember. He just throws it directly through a Texans defender. Like, you know, one of the great points made was like, I mean, he was in that jersey for a long time. He probably <laughs> forgot. He's like, oh, wide open man in the end zone. Let me sling it to him. And it, it was like it was intended for the defender. Yeah. So, I mean, the Texans are a fucking wreck. I I don't get the Kyle Allen thing, man. Like, why not put Davis Mills back in there? Kyle Allen's doing nothing different than what Davis Mills was doing, except being older and less of a potential commodity in a trade. I just... Yeah. I don't understand this. Kyle Allen's Mr. Complete Your Season uh, when you're out of it. that It sure. seems like that's what he does for wherever he's at is, uh, oh, let me just wrap this up for you guys when you don't care, um, which is weird. I don't know why, but. Maybe they maybe they thought Davis Mills was, like, turning a corner and was going to win a couple games. And they're like, no, 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 <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, Shut it down. Kyle, get in it. here. Uh, that makes sense. That would make sense. Um it does put a big old spotlight on Watson even more now as you go, you know, okay, first game back in Houston. Maybe this was a big old uh, spotlight where he didn't want it and it was a little too bright for him. Or maybe he is feeling a little bit of the heat here of, uh, you know, I'm not the the young gun that people are cheering for anymore. Uh, how does he yeah, shake this off? Well, he goes to Cincinnati this week. Uh, <laughs> it's a big old divisional game. Browns at Bengals. That's why we talked about the Browns game second, so we can lead into this one, Dan. Uh, you are picking this one here this week, but be careful. Be careful this week yeah. because you slip up and I am right there. You're hot on my heels after this week. <laughs> um, I mean, I have to take the Bengals. The Bengals just beat the fucking Chiefs. The Browns just barely beat the Texans. I, Unless Deshaun Watson has a miraculous like, you know, Clemson level fucking ability spike in this next week. I cannot see a situation where the Browns win this game on the road in Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati all day. I'm with you. Um, Cincinnati, we just said 
could go get the number one seed. They still, though, almost have to win out to do that because of their 8-4 and four already record. So, uh, yeah, you go win the games you're supposed to win, like the home game against your heated rivals, the Cleveland Browns, who you know just threw in this quarterback who obviously is still having some uh some you gotta fix some things you gotta fix some things get ready um so i'm going for cincinnati as well in fact looking at this coming week in the picks there's only maybe two or three out there that i think are up in the air type of games honestly the way i mean you're obviously taking the texans uh, obviously when we get there (laughs) yep um but not to give anything away let's continue on let's talk about another good game uh, from last week, kind of clean it up with that. Um, I'm talking about an overtime game. I'm talking about an NFC East uh, tilt. The uh, Washington Commanders, New York Giants, 20. Each of them, we get a tie. Uh, yeah. A divisional tie late in the season. Though it seems like a lot of times these ties end up with divisional teams. These teams are very evenly balanced, and you get games like this. And it felt like that for this one. It was 13 off the half. Um People are kind of saying it feels like Commanders kind of came back and, and stole the tie because they're the ones who came back to tie it in regulation. Um, and uh, what, Gano had a 58-yarder chance to win it there. It's a long, long kick, but it was on target, just too short. Yeah, it's a super long kick for Graham Gano. Like, he hasn't made a kick like that in 10 years. Gano, didn't I? Gano, yeah. thank you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, but, yeah, this is... This was the best possible scenario for the Cowboys, strangely enough. Is that right? Is straight up it tie? It actually, yeah, straight up tie of two divisional opponents. Like, oh, there's yeah, almost yeah. no chance now for, even if the Cowboys, like, shit their pants weeks and weeks and weeks, even when we lose the fucking Texans, the fact that this tie occurred means the likelihood of either the Commanders or the Giants getting like anywhere close to the Cowboys it's almost non-existent so the Cowboys yeah. basically clinch a playoff position with this tie strangely because enough. also these two teams play each other again in yeah. two weeks well the commanders <laughs> need a week off to yeah. you know By to basically go oh, I gotta figure this shit out and then you literally go back and face the exact same opponent after a bye week so you literally just have to watch film of the game you just played for your next you opponent could. it's insane yeah that isn't a loss, good, but you didn't win it either. Didn't do it no. either. It's kissing your sister, as they always say. It's not <clears> good, <throat> it's right. not bad, but uh, you know you don't brag about it, shit. The commanders have gone totally to Brian Robinson as their lead back now. He had 21 carries in this one. He had over 100 yards total from scrimmage. Um, Terry <laughs> well, McLaurin's just got stronger no, as the season. Yeah. There's no toughness questions with Brian Robinson. Oh. <laughs> You can walk around most NFL locker rooms and be like, yeah, how many of these guys are actually bitches? And you go, hey, Brian Robinson, you a bitch? He goes, I ain't a bitch. Yeah. I got shot in the fucking leg. I'm back. You're like, okay, a Brian. A downhill running back that also takes bullets? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what What are you going to do, linebacker? Unless Leighton Vanderesh like brings a fucking Derringer with him on the field. like It's going to be yeah. hard to stop this guy. Mad respect for Brian Robinson. That's right. Uh, and then on the other side, the Giants did what they could to stay ahead. The defense had five sacks in this game. But, uh, yeah, um, so it stops that commander's like win streak, but they're still hanging in there. Yeah, and for me, the Giants, it felt like the Giants, this is the talent level of the Giants, right? Yeah. And, but just good coaching. 
they couldn't because the talent's not really there mm-hmm. capitalize on like you know they had a lot of failed third down conversions you know there's a lot of failed third down conversions they couldn't quite get it to Saquon the way they wanted to everybody's still keying on Saquon who the past couple games has had less than four yards of carry which if you told me that in the beginning of the season I'd say you were crazy <laughs> um so I I think the I agree with the consensus that the Commanders came back in this game, and if, if I'm the Giants, I'm very very worried to play the Commanders in DC in two weeks, mm-hmm. um, especially after they get all that rest and get to come back and pop you in the mouth. So. Same game, yeah. A little, it's if I'm a Giants fan, this game worries me tremendously. Maybe worries me more than a loss. Strangely mm-hmm. enough, yeah, it could very well. Um, it puts them in a tough situation, and it's not getting any easier for the Giants as the season goes along. Honestly, for NFC wild card rush races, there they might be in the toughest spot because you're looking at Seattle, you're looking at maybe NFC South, probably not though. <laughs> Somebody has to win that fucking division, right? Yeah. Uh, the next game I want to talk about, Dan, as we segue on, is, is another one that probably could go in the two-minute no offense. But you know what? We've put this team in there a little too often. I think it's time <laughs> we have to start talking about them. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and their dominant win over the Tennessee Titans, 10-35. to We both picked it. But the thing is that the Titans are a team that should have lined up against these Eagles pretty good. The worry about the Eagles was, you know, getting hit in the mouth with a good running game, and they – Shut down King Henry, and uh, Hertz had another huge game. <laughs> and really what it was was A.J. Brown just kind of proving, uh, yeah, Titans, you really screwed up. You really fucked up getting rid of them. Well, if you're the ownership of the Titans, you paid attention. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the fucking hilarious thing about this game is that the Eagles beat them so badly it got the GM fired. It doesn't that feel like that's exactly what happened oh, was. 100%. <laughs> They just watched AJ Brown. Like we got to trade away to AJ Brown. The GM made that call on draft day, and then you 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 line up against him a few months later, and he goes you for one nineteen and two touchdowns, and you're like, "Yep, you're fired. Get yeah. out. Get the hell I, out." The only way you could have saved yourself is if Traylon Burks went for like you know 150 and two TDs. You're like, "Hey, it was apples to apples. We saved money." But Traylon Burks had one catch, 25 yards, and well, a TD. Yeah, but because you, did you see the catch? He no, got I didn't. blown up. He got oh. blown up and held onto the ball. Look that up. I, I felt a, I feel bad that you said that because I think he didn't. I don't think he got an opportunity to get any more catches after that touchdown. He's a big boy. He, he's a big. He's a big boy. But when he got hit, he got smacked to the ground so hard that I don't know if he might still be in concussion protocol as we speak. But Oh, man, what a catch. I was surprised he held on to it. I was, yeah, give it up for Traylon Burks for holding on to that that ball. But it still is wild that uh, they got uh, John Robinson fired. Uh, <laughs> it probably means that a bunch more um, power to head coach Vrabel there in Tennessee. Mm-hmm, for I the think so. Away. I mean, the Titans are going to the playoffs because look at the Colts, look at the Jaguars. Tex- you know, this just Titans to take, but – doesn't mean much, you know. They've they've kind of been given to it, so it's time to to make a change. So the uh, ownership has decided. You know, I, I think if you're ownership, you're looking further north at the Lions and going, oh, so it's possible to waste generational talents. And you're looking at your guy like Derrick Henry, going, don't let this be a Barry Sanders, don't let this be right. a Calvin Johnson. We've got 
Ryan Tannehill's not the answer, but is Malik Willis? You know, that's the thing that I think is maybe damning for John Robinson is maybe the verdict inside the the locker room is Malik Willis ain't got it either. Um, And that gets you real, real worried because Tennessee doesn't have the money to go out and get a big-name quarterback uh, to stabilize this thing. Ryan Tannehill was their best shot, and uh, he just led this team in rushing with 34 yards. That's not good enough. No, you've seen Malik Willis, yeah. I've been shit-talking the Tennessee Titans. Got to give the Eagles a ferocious run game. I I see no holes in the Eagles. That's what sucks. Yeah, and it's not just the run game. I mean, Devonta Smith had over 100 yards, too. Oh, he's great. And Hurts threw three touchdowns, 380 yards. He's supposed to just run the ball. This year, he's certainly put his foot in the ground. He's become almost pocket first now. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is like they there actually wasn't a ton of runs in this game. Yeah, this for the Eagles like they ran enough, but it wasn't a ton of yardage. They're like, okay, if you want to play Smash Mouth football, we're actually just more talented than you, mm-hmm. and we're going to go to the air and we're going to show you that Jalen Hurts is in legitimate MVP conversations now. You know, if you're looking at guys like Josh Allen, you're looking at you know the Joe Burrow who ratcheted himself up in there you got to give it to Jalen Hurts because he's just so dynamic. And I think a lesser quarterback doesn't have these Eagles at 11-1. and one. Yeah. No, you're right. And now here we are. So I'm looking at the rest of the Eagles' uh, schedule. And this week you go on the road, divisional rival Giants. Not a gimme. Anything can happen. Giants certainly needed to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, Bears, you got Saints yep. in January. Yep. Giants again at home. By that mm-hmm. point, what's the matter? Other than that Christmas Eve game against Dallas, uh, and I think they've gotten their done flexing for that weekend now, right? I think it's going to yeah. remain afternoon and at Dallas. Kind of comes down to that for that number one seed. And if if it doesn't go that way, everything's through Philly. And now Philly's looked very good this year, but then you look at the, the, the previous uh, the games they played, and I don't know how much they've been tested, honestly. And I say that with them beating my Vikings, but that was week two in mm-hmm. Philly. That was a long time ago. Uh, they beat your Cowboys, but that was a Dakless Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm different. just saying all this stuff out loud. And they, oh, Robert Quinn, he's down for IR. Now, yeah. he'll be back for playoffs. Probably. They didn't have him at the beginning of the year anyway, so it's And fine. they didn't have him at the beginning of the year, and they did fine without him there too. But wait, what do we think, Dan? Well, I think the the path forward for the Cowboys to win the number one seed or to even hurt the Eagles is very limited. I mean, we could win that thing on Christmas Eve and we still would need to tie the Eagles. Yeah. Like, the Eagles would still need to drop another game yeah, somewhere along the way. And I just, it's very difficult for me to anticipate them dropping another game, like two games for the rest of the year. Do you guys have the opportunity? That's right, because even if you beat them in that yeah. game, are you still a game behind them? Okay. Even if we beat them there, we, you know, say we both win the games leading up to it, we would still be one game back. Um, they would need to drop another game. Two to go. In di- but it wouldn't need to be in division because they've lost nope. one game in division already to the uh, the commanders. Yeah. So they lost to commanders. If we beat them... You we haven't the lost head. 
we well we would win we would tie the head to head and we would go with the second tiebreaker which is division record that's right and we would we win, would win but they the have to lose another one somewhere and we have to keep winning so we don't control our own destiny it's looking less and less likely but hey i like a me the fifth seed and i'd love to go see the buccaneers again i want them motherfuckers back yeah no i mean the road is is an option in the nfc this season too obviously but it's just yeah the the philly the game in Philly. Somebody's got to win in Philly, whether that's uh, early in the playoffs, late in the playoffs, or here in the regular season so that we don't have to go to Philly. But, <laughs> boy, that's what it's ended up looking like it is. Um, let's talk about another team that will be uh, probably hosting at least one, I'm hoping more, playoff games. Yeah, I'm talking Jets 22, Vikings 27. I picked this one, Dan. For some reason you, did? you didn't. Um tight game again but when it's tight the vikings win it that's just what happens um watched obviously the entirety of this one now heading into it i picked the vikings because i didn't have belief in mike white i thought mike white had the one flash in the pan game and he was going to come down to earth mike white though he threw two interceptions is not the reason he the new york jets lost this game uh, Braxton Berrios catches a very nice Mike White pass in the end zone, and this is a very different game at the end, and perhaps the Jets do pull it out. Uh, the Jets have been a very good team uh, not allowing late touchdowns, and the Vikings did have one nice drive in the second half where they had nothing else going in the second half, but it was enough to to, to finish it off here. But uh, in the big scheme of things, the way the Vikings kind of have played games, this is a almost a uh big old uh microscope on how sure. these games have gone whereas offense starts pretty strong looking very good dries on up when they're not needed when there's enough of a lead they dry <laughs> up and that's what's happened with the vikings almost every one of these games and then the defense who's looked pretty bad uh, this game above all else the most ever bend don't break game i have ever seen a it's- team play Field goal after field goal, no points when it was finally necessary. Uh, how many goal line stands at the end? Perhaps one more than was called. That that fourth down and goal <laughs> Mike White sneak was very hard to tell. Uh, yeah. The only angle they went on was the one where it was straight up and down where, it, yeah, certainly looked like he was standing in the end zone, but why did no other angle look like that then? Uh, maybe because that wasn't straight over his head. Anyways, I digest. Obviously, thankfully, it didn't come down to that play. But, yeah, this was very bend-don't-break. But um, the Vikings have quintessentially disappeared, especially in the third quarter. But as bad as their defense had been, they come out in the end of those games, and everybody, everybody on that defense thinks, I can be the guy that goes and, and calls game. And so far, they've had a lot of different guys step up and do that. And it's been, oh, man, it's been a wild ride. I uh, I don't know if this is in your crazy stats, but you guys are 9-0 and in one-score games this year. You only have one victory that was by more than one score. And, you know, to your to your happiness, it was against the Packers. Yeah. Uh, you beat them pretty soundly. Every other game you've been in, like your two losses were against the NFC East, who wrecked you. Yeah, but I went back. everybody else, fucking Sorry. yeah, everybody else, tight, tight games, and you're winning the shit. Like to your point, I think this sort of thing is actually good for the psyche of the team. Mm-hmm. Is there is never a point where 
they're driving on us and we can't stop them. You know, Mike White took three, four shots at the end zone from the 20. That's yeah. well within scoring range. Um, and your defense, you know, bucked up, rolled their shoulders up, and actually stopped him. You know, it wasn't, oh, well, they made a bunch of mistakes. Like, they were looking good, and your defense put a stop to it. Oh, man, there were so many times where even when the Vikings put the 27 up there, there was a, it was a two-score lead with eight and a half minutes left in that game. You're like, okay, well, all you got to do is tackle people in front of you, and you bounce off a, a tackle, and they take it 40 more yards down the field than they should have. And there was so much of that, and the Vikings have kind of been allergic to momentum this season, certainly playing to everyone's uh, competition. Um like we talked about Steelers teams of past stuff like that. I think the mm-hmm. Vikings played teams competition, but when they're in that competition, situationally football wise, they were coming out on top. Yeah. And that is huge because when you come to the playoffs and everybody is very equal, as long as they don't have one of those awful games, like the Dallas one where it's completely pear shaped, they got a shot. Then they, then they should at least be in the, the mindset of, Oh yeah, we can win this. We've done yeah. it. So that's where I'm loving this right now, and that's where I think there's a shot. But, again, it's going to come down to uh, you hope that they win out or at least win most of these games to hold on to like a second seed. So if you have one home game, you get another one after that because there's no bye week no more for seed number two. Yeah. And then you hope somebody else knocks off the Eagles and you can keep that home game going. You know, well, those type of things. Well, that's the hard thing is your route to – your route to the number one seed is very, very tough. Yeah. Because you have to hope that the Eagles lose two games. Yep. That the Cowboys don't, you know, catch you. You right. know, because if the Cowboys the catch time, you, we get the head to head. One seed Vikings would have to pretty much win out too. Yeah. And get yeah. the help with the Eagles. That's true. Yeah. You guys need to win out and you need the Eagles to lose two games. So it's, I mean, we're kind of in the same boat. We're both rooting for the Eagles to lose two games, no matter yeah. which way you slice it. That's where we're waiting for. Um, but did but it get me, easier for them to get the second seed? I don't know. What does Brock Purdy think? We'll have to ask. <laughs> <sighs> what, is Tom, what is Tom Brady going to do? Well, he should stop doing the shit he did Monday night. Um, and then what is Geno Smith going to do? More of the magical shit? These are all the questions and many more we're going to answer. In the second half of our episode, I found myself a segue just like that. We'll be right back, folks. This is the portion. Go ahead, go ahead, smash it on the floor. Take whatever's left and take it. We've returned. We've returned from the break, and that means it's time to begin the two-minute. No offense. Because no offense, but if you're in this section of the program, we probably really like your team. You just throat-fucked somebody this week, so congratulations (laughs) to two of us, Lions fans and Cowboys fans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me, that was a blast. All right, yeah, start the clock. We'll get through these. Ready to go. I want to start all the way back on Thursday where the Bills beat the Patriots 24-10 to and then proceeded to have just a wonderful weekend. Everything lined up for Buffalo. 
Buffalo felt real good, and uh, the Patriots not feeling good at six and six. This uh, playoff road is looking tougher and tougher for them. And Mac Jones basically yelling at uh, you know Squiggles McPencil ear, being like, "Hey, the short, quick game sucks. Fucking throw this rock." Good for him. You want some fire on the young quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And this game was even over more so than the score says mm-hmm. earlier on. Uh, moving on, the Lions beat up on the Jaguars, forty to fourteen. Damn. The Lions are 5-7 and seven and have been on a fucking tear recently. They have looked fantastic. It is so nice to see Dan Campbell's personality imbued into this team fully. It's really, really nice. I love watching these young Lions play. Um, I think you got the division set, Scott. Sco, you can actually root for the Lions in almost every game for the rest of the year. Uh, but, yeah, man, they look fun. They just need, you know, more talent. That's all. Yeah, almost every game. But, I mean, St. Brown we love. This was probably Swift's best game of the season. Well, great. Badgley went 4 for 4 Yeah. Uh, the Ravens beat the Broncos in just one s- s- ugly, ugly game. 10 to 9. <sighs> I, I mean, I'm real worried about Lamar. Um, I know it's a knee injury. They said, you know, days to weeks. But you know how that shit can drift on. To me, it puts Baltimore now into the wild card situation. It, it loses them the division. You know, the Bengals are going to take the division. God damn it, Denver's fucking awful. This game sucked. Denver sucks. Jesus Christ. Denver's offense is awful. Denver's offense True. is awful. We can't, we can't uh, shit on their defense. But, yeah, no. 6-3 Broncos at the half. This game was 9-3 Broncos with two Ugh. minutes left. The, the, the only touchdown in this game was 28 seconds left in the game. Ugh. And then, finally, uh, we got to move on to this last one. Uh, oh, Colts that's 19. two minutes <laughs> Oh no! Well, we can't even talk about it. Close nineteen coverage. <laughs> that actually, that actually wouldn't be bad. This was, <laughs> this game was unruly. I mean, the Colts were in it for three quarters. Yeah, they were in this game for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, it was like the Cowboys twenty-one went. into the fourth. Ugh. That's what the score was: nineteen to twenty-one. And the Cowboys just absolutely ran a train on this indie <laughs> team in the fourth quarter. It was like. I, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, we just forgot we were, like, we talk about it a lot. Like, oh, shit, you're stubbing out the cigarette. You go, I forgot we got to play the call. It's the fourth quarter. Oh, shit, it's the fourth quarter. And then we went bananas. Malik Hooker had two interceptions. Uh, sorry, Deron Bland. It fucking destroyed them. Destroyed Five touchdowns. Them. Five touchdowns you guys had in the fourth. It was great. I was watching this game. I was like, well, the weird thing was, like, I know they were tight with Indy, but at no point in the game was I like, Oh, shit, Indy. I was like, hey, good for Indy. I never felt threatened the entire game. Like, Indy had a lead at one point. I didn't give a shit. I was like, this team is awful. I'm just waiting for them to make a mistake. And then the Cowboys ripped their throats out. (laughs) Yeah, congrats to your Cowboys. It has to be a lot of fun, especially you step that late and get uh, rewarded in that way. Um, Oh, and the Zeke chance. The Zeke chance. Zeke gets so much shit on the internet from, like, Cowboys fans that aren't real Cowboys fans because they're like, give it to Tony Pollard all the time. It's like, dude, you got a two-back situation. Zeke was the best running back in the league for like three or four years. Mm-hmm. I know he's making too much money, but you know, he doesn't cause problems. You love the personality. You love who he is. And the whole stadium was chanting his name. Yeah. And it, he just powered that shit over the goal line. I'm like, yeah, this is... This is the Cowboys when we're at our best. Like, the team, the fans are loving the players. The players love the fans. It's fucking nice. And then he gets to jump in the, you know, jump in the bucket. 
That's which yeah, I, I saw all of those guys who did it on Thanksgiving got a uh, fine. So I think it's you bullshit. do that just expecting to write a check. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, you know, the NFL should shut the fuck up about it. It's like it literally is drawing attention to the Salvation Army. Right. What do you want? What do you actually yeah. want? NFL? It's just that idea of using a, a prop. Yeah, is silly. Ugh. I agree Whatever. with you. Yeah, but uh, it almost makes this celebration a little more impressive when you know it's going to cost them a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. dough. It shows that these uh, players don't just, it's not just about the money. It's about yeah, making. Yeah, committed to it. Ocho Cinco was really great about that. You know, having a sign that says, happy, happy, Merry Christmas, please don't find me. Please don't find me. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, this lets us talk about a slew of games for week 14. Uh, yeah, week 14. Oh, my God. There's so Crazy, few right? left already. Yeah. I know. Yeah, feels bad. But uh, we'll have some uh, some plus football to come. Um, your Cowboys, Dan, they're going to have the battle for Texas. Uh, that's the way we'll push it to make it sound like that. It's exciting. Uh, Texans and Cowboys coming. I feel like just to make it sporting, Mm. all the Texans players should be allowed to use methamphetamine. Or the gun game. that they come into the stadium with. <laughs> That's true. You well, I mean, don't kill, don't kill nobody. I don't <laughs> want any cowboys to die. But I'm just saying, like, let, like, two players, you know, each on, you know, offense or defense, do meth. You know, feel no pain, <laughs> see how it goes. You know, it's really hard to take. Or crack. You, you know, think, that's the only way they're going to make meth is going to make them better at football? <laughs> well, yeah, no. I mean, just not, like, right after the hit. But, like, you know, make them desperate for the shit and be like, you know, there's more more rocks in the fucking end zone. <laughs> in the end you know, zone, then you get it. an opportunity. But yeah, Texans talent wise, I mean, they're they're going to get throttled. It's at yeah. the Cowboys too. That's it yeah. doesn't matter though. This could have been in in Houston. Cowboys fans travel. So plus, it, I mean, I think it's on it's, it's on purpose now. Texans will wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah, they want that number one seed. Um, I guarantee you, if they lose this game, Davis Mills is back as a starter because at that <laughs> point, you cannot lose the number one seed. So fuck it. Yeah. Cycle through. Uh, yeah, Cowboy, Cowboys take care of this one easily. And, um, you know, Dan, I don't want to keep putting them in two-minute offense, so maybe we won't. We can do what we want. It's our show. It's <laughs> true. It's very true. Uh, let's talk about Jets and Bills. So Jets need to come back here, uh, keep alive in the wild card race. The Bills find themselves jumped. Like we said, uh, they were third, I think, in the division. But uh, after they won on Thursday – Jets lost, Dolphins lost, Chiefs lost. All of a sudden, they got the number one seed in the AFC right now. It's good Jets to be the Bills. Bills is uh, Sunday. Bills had a lot of time off. Jets just lost a close game. I'm going to go with the Bills. I know they lost to the Jets earlier in the season, but that was at New York. Um, I think this is a Bills win. I think it puts the Jets in a bad position because they're now going to be 7-6. and six. They're probably still going to wind up being the 7th seed, which if you're a Jets fan, that's a huge improvement. Yeah, the baby buy. Yeah, Bills yeah. have this little baby buy from Thursday. Um, listen, again, I'm saying Mike White was good. He was very good in that game. It's just that the Bills secondary is a little bit better than the Vikings, and mm-hmm. they'll uh, they'll clamp down on the receivers a little bit more. They won't be running as free. Uh, they need to run the ball more. I know that Michael Carter was hurt. I think he's coming back. The, the uh, rookie Xavier Knight had himself a great game, and mm-hmm. they kind of went away from him uh, where they probably should have given him the ball some of those times in the goal line. So I think the Jets fixed this, but I think the Bills uh, will defense will keep will keep that yeah will keep them Agreed. Mike White down more so than he's been this season. So Bills will win it. 
Uh, Monday Night Football is the New England Patriots at the Arizona Cardinals because next year you can start flexing Monday Night Games. Not this year. Sorry, everybody. Maybe spend some time with family. It is the holidays. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this this would absolutely be like a Buccaneers 49ers game or, right. you know, just anything other than this. I mean, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Weirdly, I know that the, the Patriots are on the baby bye, but the Cardinals are at home. They've had a bye week. They need to go 9-7 and seven to keep Cliff Kingsbury's job. He knows he's got to go 9-7 and seven to keep his fucking job. So they've got to pick up a win here. Um, it's going to be real, real tough for Cardinals fans moving forward, but Patriots have not looked good offensively in a couple weeks now. Yeah, this is a this is a toss-up of a game, and Cardinals are coming off that bye, and they're at home. But Belichick and these uh, Patriots, a lot of times they figure out a way to uh, the defense to kind of throw you off on your offensive game, and the Cardinals only have kind of one speed in the offensive game. It's Kyler Murray run around throw it up to the good wide receivers. So I think the Patriots figure out a way to slow them down here. I'm going to go opposite you in this one. So we got some of these games opposite. I got Patriots on the road Monday night. Give it to me. There you go. Give it to me. Uh, Maybe we go opposite this one. The Jacksonville Jaguars go on the road to the Titans. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no. Probably not. I mean, as much as the Titans have been a little disappointing, the Jaguars just got 40 on them by the Lions. Oof. Yeah, I'm going to – and they didn't look even competitive. Like, I know it was 40-14. to 14, Didn't look that close. The yeah. Lions destroyed them. I'm going to go with the Titans here to get healthy, go 8-5, and five and, you know, just put a stranglehold on the division. Yeah, we know sometimes these divisional games get get wild, and oh, yeah. uh, we know sometimes the Jaguars do jump on some divisional foes, but this isn't the Colts. It's the Titans, <laughs> man. So the Titans take care of business. Uh Rabel gets to do whatever he wants. Maybe start some guys that uh, he just likes that weren't high draft picks, and they turn out to be awesome because you know he's a he's a player's uh, coach. So Tennessee Titans win this one uh, at home. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, maybe no clinching scenarios for them this week, but they'll Close. be there soon. Uh, my Vikings go on the road to Detroit. I mean, we've seen what Detroit's been doing lately, Dan, so maybe this isn't an easy one to pick. I'll let you go first. Uh, no, I mean, it is. Uh, the Vikings are a more complete team. I We like the Lions. Everybody likes the Lions. I know the Lions are at home, but the fact that the Lions are favored in this game by the mm. Vegas line, disrespectful. Vikings come out, take care of business. You Yeah, you brought that up to me, and I think my response was like, I'm, I've expected it. Vikings have kind of come out uh, dogs in a couple of games, even their home ones. Uh you know, heading on the road here, they did show up in Buffalo. That was the last technically time they went to the road. Uh, it's been a, it's been a bit here, so um, they've got to be feeling good. It's a divisional game. It's going to be tight. Vikings win tight games this year, so I'm going to take my Vikings in this one. Uh, more games here to pick. One more. Chiefs at Broncos. Dan. Ooh, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough. Should I go with one of the more complete, more explosive teams in the NFL, or should I go with the worst offense I've seen since the 2000 Ravens? Oh, yeah. uh, and they don't have the Ravens 2000 defense. I, <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think even on the road, I'm gonna take a waiver here and go Chiefs. Yeah, coming off a loss where they're they're feeling a little disrespected themselves. Um, yeah, still on the road here, but they're they're gonna hang around the West. 
I like the Chiefs in Mile High take care of business pretty easily against the Broncos. Can you imagine, though, the fucking fury that Broncos... Like, I, it almost feels like if the Broncos win this game, there's, like, f- some forgiveness for them. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're like, they're like we Wait. can turn it around! It would have to be Russ. <laughs> it would yeah. have to be Russell Wilson. Otherwise, they'd still go... Okay, fine. Then Broncos figured out a way to win, but it wasn't that guy, and he's yeah. still gonna be around for too long. And... Maybe if they could score eighteen fucking points. Yeah. Oh my Ugh. god. Ugh. That um, stat's d- disgusting. The uh, the Colts are on a bye week here, week fourteen. Dan, you think Jeff Saturday gonna make some big old moves? Um, I feel like yeah. Watching Matt Ryan, especially in the fourth quarter, you're like, you t- <laughs> Matt Ryan on the Colts is like John Caffey in the Green Mile. Where he's just like, I'm tired, boss. I'm tired. <laughs> like, just somebody, somebody put this man out of his misery. Sam Ellinger wants to be there. Matt Ryan doesn't want to be there. He's just like, this This is the end of Rico? Uh, yeah. This is how I go out? I, I feel bad for Matt Ryan, but I hope, I hope he understands when Ellinger takes over. I thought Ellinger taking over earlier was maybe, you know, presumptuous, but it has to happen now. They're out of it. It's over. Get him. Yeah. Gone and then back and then gone. I don't know. It, it gets a little old. I think uh, once you pull a starting quarterback, you probably shouldn't put him back in. But weirder things happen when you throw a uh, guy who just doesn't coach at all as <laughs> to your head interim. So true. here's where we're at. Okay, well, those are a bunch of games. Let's let's uh, wrap up the games that we had for week 13. Um, here's another good one uh, that neither of us saw coming. We did not pick this. We did not think that the Pittsburgh Steelers would go on the yeah. road and win in Atlanta. 19 to 16. Um, in fact, it was pretty much controlled by the Steelers most of this yeah. game. Uh, there was 4:45 left in the third quarter. It was 19 to six Steelers. Falcons f- finally started a comeback. Then they did get the ball at their own. Uh, it was like two. I wrote this down with like 42 minutes left inside inside their own. Oh, at their own two yard line. Yeah. And that first play from scrimmage was an interception that sealed it away for the Steelers. Yeah, Nika. this was uh, this didn't feel like the Steelers were ever really threatened by the Falcons. I know that it was a close game, but I'll tell you what, man, we don't talk enough about how good the coaching is in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about it a few times, but like Mike Tomlin sniffed the fact that he might go under five hundred. He goes, you know what, guys, fuck that shit. We're gonna go on a road. We're gonna go on a roll. We're gonna get even you know it's a they got a tough schedule for the rest of the year but Kenny Pickett it looks like he's the right choice moving forward he's looked better than Mitch Trubisky ever has did you uh, see the Tomlin video did I share that with you which one there's one he, uh this guy's filming uh, just like the camera himself in his hand and Tomlin comes walking in the thing he goes hey coach good luck out there or something like that and and Tomlin not break its track goes I'm fucking working and then he flings back to the guy, and he gives this face like, shouldn't have said anything to Coach Tomlin. Tomlin he's was focused. he was keened in, man. That's right. He's focused, man. He's got that fucking hat tight I'm down there. You working. Know? He's got the, the shades on, the aviators. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's a really, really good head coach, and Pittsburgh's a fun young team. Yeah. Uh, what has happened to the Falcons? Arthur Smith, answer me. Uh, five and eight. I mean, they're going to the bye week. They need to. Jesus. They're saying that, I mean, well, they're sticking with Mariota until they're fully out of this, I guess. No Desmond yeah. Ritter until needed. 
are uh, not needed or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it, it is a mess because Mariota's not doing much to help this team. Um, they've got sometimes a running game. Other than that, not much. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to come back from the bye week and, and have Ritter in there. I mean, it, it actually makes more sense to be like, hey, Desmond, you're going to be the starter when we get back. Take right. this week and, you know, do some extra work on your, you know, put yourself in a good position. He is. He's a bye, They're in a bye week this week, so we'll see if he comes back and for it. Uh, the Steelers go home and they get the Ravens this week. Now, this one obviously becomes interesting because Jackson, it is a strained PCL, I think. Mm-hmm. He's out, what they said, one to three weeks now is what came out for that. So I doubt, I think the biggest doubt is not this week uh, in Pittsburgh. I have strained my PCL before. Oh, okay. uh, And as you know, Lamar Jackson and I, equivalent athletes. So I feel like I can speak to this <laughs> with confidence. Okay. okay. Uh, a PCL is very strange because it makes it hard to stand, but it doesn't make it hard to walk. But mm. standing is very, very difficult. You like you lose stability. So throwing would be more difficult, but he'd probably be able to run pretty well. With saying that, I think uh, probably a, a week or two weeks is probably uh, sensible for this sort of injury. You can recover from it in about two or three weeks, but you really don't want to put Lamar Jackson into a situation where he exacerbates it. And I don't think Lamar Jackson wants to be in a situation where he exacerbates a strained PCL. Because um, if you tear it, it's a surgery, uh, and yeah. you know it's it's not as problematic for you long term. But yeah, I think probably missing two weeks, I would say. Um, and I actually, I'm I'm gonna pick Pittsburgh in this game. Okay. Um, I I think Tyler Huntley's fine, but uh, Pittsburgh's defense has looked a lot better. They looked pretty good, and Kenny Pickett's putting it together. Um, it didn't look good for the Ravens the rest of the year. No, that's true. Um. But with already eight wins, it makes sense. You do mm-hmm. not stretch Jackson in now. Um, nope. Let him heal up. Ravens have kind of come down to earth on offense. They they mm-hmm. were blo- they had a lot of points early in the season, and now it's kind of dissipated. I am going Ravens though on the road here. I think with a full week for Huntley, they kind of had. He's been a backup for them. For multiple years knows so, the system yeah he's been in there last year he was in there a lot so in a pittsburgh team that's still trying to figure out their offense i mean they went with right kicking four field goals this this week to beat a falcons team on the road so i like the ravens here who you know still have something to play for in this uh for this division so i'll go opposite you there in the ravens another road game let's talk about seattle winning on the road they beat the rams 27 23 now what's wild about this one is it took almost the whole game for them to get over those rams who we thought were uh sleepwalking through the rest of the season but uh 14 13 cx at the half and then they get the the lead at the end of this game with not much time left this sort of game actually really worries me for the seahawks because you should beat a rams team that is three and nine all but eliminated from the playoffs and doesn't even have their starting quarterback. Or, uh, I forget, did Aaron Donald even play this game? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. So, like, you're missing a ton of fucking talent on the L.A. Rams side. I just don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't understand how this was really close for Seattle. So, that gives me pause. Although, Geno didn't look bad in this game. I mean, they just couldn't get the run game going. Geno could throw the thing, but they couldn't run for any sort of consistency. 
Um, and that's going to be problematic moving forward. I, I thought Kenneth Walker was the answer, but he seems to have hit a wall. There was something off with him this game. Um, not quite sure what it was. And then, uh, yeah, they they had to turn to Gino, which Gino had a good game, and yeah. he ended up uh, really showing up at the end of the game when they needed him. Um, but yeah, why was this game close when John Wolford's throwing interceptions and? You know the Rams aren't doing anything exciting on offense. Uh, well, Cam Akers it, made a made a play for another contract. That's for sure. Yeah, Akers had a good game, but what was wild is it came down to that one on one Ramsey on uh, DK Metcalf, and Metcalf just beat him to the middle of the end zone. That was awesome. Uh, so it turned out a good game. We didn't think it was uh, late in the uh, afternoon there on Sunday, but the Rams can shut it down. You're done this season. Dan, have you done it? Are they? Tombstone. These, tombstone. Uh, LA Rams. I mean, I, I, f- I feel like we tombstone the Rams before, but, uh, yeah, this is not. I mean, and it's fine. It's fine. You won the fucking Super Bowl. Chill out. Just chill out. It's fine. Get Matt Stafford out of here. You're probably going to be the number two pick, and that's probably going to the Lions, and everybody's okay with that. That's fun. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I think this makes sense for – LA to have a retool year. They can, you know, figure out all these terrible contracts they've got going on. And I think they'll be better moving forward, especially if Stafford can actually get and stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I can't remember uh, the last time a Super Bowl winning team had this rough of a turnaround. Winning team. I know the, the losing ones, a lot of times they can bottom out, but the winning ones, it's been a good while since they've been this bad. This is their three and nine now. Um, I got to assume they're, you know, top. Bottom bottom five, bottom three team in this league well, right now. This actually is an opportunity to correct something we said a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, is that the Denver Broncos, after the John Elway uh, final Super Bowl, were still pretty competitive. That year they went 6 and 10. Oh, uh, okay. So okay. they, you know, that was a bit of a, was a, bit 90, of a malaise. That was 2000. Okay. Yeah, that was a bit of a general malaise there. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's just not as common anymore. Teams are just too competitive, and you know if you got a winning culture, it tends to maintain itself. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I mean Aaron Donald's making so much money, Jalen Ramsey's making so much money, um, and Matt Stafford's making so much fucking money. Do you know what their cap hits are for next year? Oh, I'm sure there are. Cooper Cup is twenty eight million dollars Aaron Donald's twenty six Jalen Ramsey's twenty five Leonard Floyd's twenty two Matt Stafford's twenty Allen Robinson eighteen where's well, all the rest of the money like how many players are you gonna play you, you can start like thirty dudes if you're paying them that much that's yeah. not you're, you're out of money uh, dude. they're not gonna be drafting anybody else they traded all those off we'll see I mean the Rams certainly mortgaged everything to go be you know be good last season, win it last season. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, what you're supposed to do. If somebody told me the Vikings are going to go win a Super Bowl and then fall into obscurity for a few seasons, I think <laughs> I'd be okay with it. I think I'd be fine with it. The Rams next year have 37 players under contract. As mm. of right now, they're $3.5 million over the salary cap. <laughs> and they've got 37 players signed. That's it. So... Yeah, got to figure it out, Rams. A ragtag group next year. Yeah. Um, this Thursday they're at home. They got. Oh no, I'm sorry. We can't talk about that one yet. Let's talk about uh, the Seahawks since they won. 
They beat the Rams. They're come. They're going to go back home. They got the Cleveland Panthers. Cle- Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, coming. Not down. anymore. Carolina Baker's Panthers. gone. Uh, yeah. Do we? I know the Panthers came off a of bye week, but like we're not actually. I I can't seriously take the Panthers beating the Seahawks in Seattle across oh, they country. Did all that studying up though for this game. Oh yeah. Come on. Studious. Studious. I can study as much as I want. I can't play NFL football, and neither can the Panthers. So <laughs> let's go with the Seahawks. Listen, Seattle. You might have a little. Uh, Fire under your butt, thinking you can go win this division. Now you're only a game out, seven mm-hmm. and five, right behind Straight the Niners. Is go, hot. Try to go get it. Um, yeah, so Seattle wins at home over Panthers. Don't have much to play for. Panthers can play spoiler. Uh, they've done that before, but uh, I'll take Seattle instead of that. Um, now let's talk about uh, the Raiders win. They beat the Chargers in Vegas. Uh, oh boy, Chargers in trouble. Chargers all of a sudden six and six. The Raiders, just a game behind them, 5-7 and seven now. Um, Herbert's doing what he can with the little he's got around him right now. Um, you know, when you don't have your starting left tackle, wide receivers, everybody's hurt. Uh, but he's still through 335 yards. Um, but Carr uh, found, well, Josh Jacobs, thank God he was healthy enough to play. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he got another 100, oh, 150 yards from scrimmage. And then they find uh, Devontae Adams late, but not too late. As he gets 177 yards and two touchdowns in this one. Yeah, this Raiders team is invigorated, and mm. this uh, Chargers team is decimated. Um, and this this game is very, very worrying. I I'm not worried that the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I still don't think that's happening. They're five and seven. Um, you know the I know the Patriots are six and six, and I know they do have an outside shot at winning this thing. But the the Raiders schedule for the rest of the year is still pretty fucking tough okay um so it, it doesn't give me a lot of worry i'm actually they have about as much chance of making the playoffs as the pittsburgh steelers mm, so i don't yeah. i don't feel great about it um that being said I, i'm not worried about the chargers either i think we might be looking at you know three wildcard teams from the afc east when all is said and done um but they'll be beating each other up too so a- afc uh, east uh might might be the toughest division uh division in the league here and you know, Vikings just yeah. swept that, but I don't. You know, no one's counting. No one's paying attention to that stuff. Yeah, well, you know, the NFC East is pretty good, so <laughs> you know, I wouldn't yeah. really discount it. But uh, and we haven't, had, yeah, we haven't had as much success with that one because we're looking at two players or two teams coming out of the AFC North, right? The Ravens and the Bengals. That's that feels like a lock, and then you probably have three teams coming out of the East. Are you telling me that you think the Raiders are at this point? The Chargers are toast too. I'm not going to tombstone them because you never know, mm. but. It doesn't feel like the Raiders can jump the Jets, you know? And it this, doesn't feel like they can jump the Dolphins. No, yeah, this Chargers loss here, you're right, is is huge and for their chances of making the playoffs. And then the Raiders, it might just be too little too late for this one. Um, but this is it's bigger for the Raiders because yeah. the Chargers can go into next year and be like, everybody was hurt. And it's true. Everybody was fucking hurt. Right. The Raiders need to feel like the team is making forward progress. Um, and over the McDan- past couple of weeks, they McDaniel definitely have. McDaniels needs it. Yeah. McDaniels needs to feel like, hey, maybe I'm not the worst fucking coach in NFL history. Um, you know, if the Raiders wind up getting to, you know, eight and nine, I still think you can say this is a salvaged back end of the season and feel good going into the offseason. Yeah. Um, but once again, tough schedule for the Raiders. Tough schedule. So they go uh, short week. And they're going to the L.A. to play the Rams this week. Uh, is Baker Mayfield in this one? 
I mean, you just shift over there, you're thrown right in. I um, oh no. <laughs> Raiders at Rams Thursday night football, Dan. What do you like? With what Josh Jacobs is doing and what Devontae Adams is doing, and I just, I know that I put a tombstone on the Raiders, but uh, they are clawing through the casket. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Raiders here on the road to beat these tombstone, freshly tombstoned Rams. I know we we talk about I mean how much this year you know you take the home team Thursday night the home team Thursday night but with this matchup and how how the Raiders are playing right now it's hard to do that and it is just a sh- a short little uh, um, puddle hop over there mm-hmm. to to L A for from Vegas so I'm with you I like I'm picking the Raiders to win Thursday night feels weird right feels it does. weird it feels a little weird. Um, all right, it, and it also feels weird to talk about this game this late in this uh, episode, but uh, we, we are still hitting on it. So Dolphins, 17, 49ers, 33. But, oh, man, so much more into this game than the score. Um, first of all, Garoppolo out early, broken foot, not mm-hmm. good. So in comes in Mr. Irrelevant himself. That is the title they give the last draft pick on the board, and that was just this last year. Uh, what I didn't write his first name down now. I've forgotten it. Something Purdy. Oh, Brock. Brock Purdy. Out of? Uh, tell me. Iowa State. Not even oh, Iowa. The Cy- Cyclone. Yeah, he's an old Iowa State Cyclone. So A different ISU than, than the one I know. Um, played a pretty good game. Two touchdowns, had an interception. You got uh, McCaffrey going, who seems like something's a little off for him. But, I mean, it's the Niners' defense. They are on fire here of late. They just don't let anything happen, uh, you know, anything get going for anybody. And that was the Dolphins here. I mean, Tua, who was considered probably somebody they talk about as an MVP candidate coming into mm-hmm. this game. He had two touchdowns, but he also had two picks and just looked out of sorts in this one. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before that I thought Kyle Shanahan knew Mike McDaniel better than Mike McDaniel knew Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like he had his number pretty badly. Uh, This was not an effective Miami Dolphins offense. It seemed like wherever McDaniel was going, uh, Shanahan already had his defense waiting for it. And this San Francisco 49ers defense is as good as the previous couple years 49ers defense. Nick Bosa is a monster. Jeez, um, yeah. This D-line is absolutely disgusting. I mean, having, you know, uh, Javon Kinlaw, having Nick Bosa, having Fred Warner, it's not fair, man. Like, mm-hmm. there's too much fucking ability on this thing. It's it's crazy. Bosa, three sacks in that game. He was, yeah, he was making a big old issue there. This game was uh, tight, and though, I mean, so... It was 33-17 was the end score, but it was 10-17 at halftime, 17-23 to early fourth quarter after a Dolphins touchdown. So it didn't pull away until later. But what do we think now? So the San Francisco 49ers, Garoppolo, it comes out today. He's not going to need surgery. It's not a Liz Frank broken foot. So he can technically come back. They said seven to eight weeks. So he's not in this season at all. It's postseason if at all he comes back, from what I understand from that, unless they really try to rush him back. A broken Um, bone takes around two months to heal. Yeah. (laughs) Just the way it goes with bones. Yeah. I mean, and and you're a quarterback, you're going to need your foot. (laughs) You're a football player. 
Uh, so a lot of Brock Purdy. They signed Josh Johnson. We brought that up earlier too. Josh Johnson's played everywhere, whether it's the NFL or, or other pro football uh, organizations. Um, but he's back with San Francisco again um, in case he's needed. It's the higher gun that he is. Yeah, what do I, What happens now? I mean, I think they trust this young QB to not make a ton of mistakes, give the ball. I mean, the game plan for him is the same as it was for Garoppolo. Give the ball to McCaffrey, give the ball to Debo, occasionally also throw to our really good tight end, George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, shut the fuck up and throw it into the ground. You know, (laughs) it's like, just do that. Just don't get sacked a ton, throw it into the ground. Uh, don't, don't try to be a hero. The defense is good enough. Um, I think San Francisco still got a good shot with a, a guy that doesn't make a ton of mistakes and turns shit over. Trey Lance was trying to win the Super Bowl every week. Brock Purdy's just trying to hold on to a job. I think that's a better situation for the Niners. Okay. Uh, the Dolphins now, the Dolphins who find themselves a game behind on the Bills, but a game ahead of the Jets. They're still in a very strong position here for wild card, but... Oh boy, they'd rather people come to Miami than they go anywhere else, mm-hmm. uh, and that might become an issue here this week, where they stay on the road all the way to L.A. Sunday night. They're playing the Chargers. It is Dolphins at Chargers Sunday night football. The NFL found a way to get two games in L.A. this week. Look at them. Look How about them. it? Hey, hey. Uh, what do you think, Dan? Dolphins at Chargers. I, the Chargers just lost to the Raiders. I'm worried about the Chargers. Something like this is weird, but Miami Dolphins lost to a really good San Francisco team. I say mm-hmm. the Dolphins get right on the road and beat these Chargers, effectively knocking the Chargers out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's asking the Dolphins another long trip, but maybe they just stay out west a little bit here. But also it's a night game, so they'll have plenty of time to get accommodated if they don't. Um, and the Chargers, again, aren't one of those teams that have a strong home field base, even when they are doing well. So yeah. I like Miami, yeah, to take care of business with this one in prime time. Uh, it got flexed to that. Dolphins in charge. It got flexed to that. So I like the Dolphins sending that football getting the win. Makes sense. Let's talk about Monday Night Football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady found a way to come back in the Saints or did the Saints find a way to lose 16 to 17 was the end score I mean it was 16 to 3 Saints with about five minutes left in this game total bullshit uh there was a third and 17 the Saints almost converted was dropped by Taysom Hill had to punt great hit great hit to knock that ball loose I you play to win the game you got to give Dennis Allen that he went for a long pass instead of trying to run you know a little bit of time off the clock right uh turns out probably should have run the time off the clock i don't know uh, talk to mark ingram he doesn't seem to think time needs to come off the clock he'll just run that ball right to the sidelines and a yard short of a first down like did I not understand it. that i don't get it but i mean the new orleans saints are not very good and the tampa bay buccaneers are middling and you know this is the way it should go i did not pick the tampa bay buccaneers i picked I the saints i fired those uh, cannons I was feeling good up until about four minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, and I went, oh, shit, Tom Brady's going to do this, isn't he? <laughs> and it and I wasn't home cooking. This wasn't like a Tom Brady getting calls that he shouldn't really be getting. Like the, I think he just found in the fourth quarter, like, oh, I'll do this, and uh, hopefully I have enough time. And they just barely had enough time. He scored with three seconds, which is the 
weirdly enough, they put the stat up there. That is the furthest into a fourth quarter he's ever thrown a game-winning pass. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's Tom Brady. He's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this thing about it, I mean, okay, great. They got the win. That's the biggest of them all. But that you could find no offense that long in this game that had no uh, – the best corner for the Saints. Um, I'm blanking Lattimore. on this. Yeah, Lattimore, and I didn't even play this game. He's in street clothes yeah. on the sidelines. I don't get this. So, great, Tampa, you won, but I don't think uh, – I think you. it was almost a more uh, worrisome win than it, than uh, an exuberant one, honestly. Um, it still, though, made the divisional game primetime. The Saints always play the Buccaneers hard. They always do. So, that's what they can tell themselves, I guess, of what happened in this one. Um, but it took – yeah, it took Tom Brady magic – it worries, doesn't it worry a little bit that Tom Brady could do this in a big game when it comes down to postseason? Uh, not not this Tom Brady. <laughs> not this cadaverous Tom Brady. I mean, if the Saints had won this game, they would have been 5-8, and eight, and Tampa would have been 5-7. and seven. Yeah. This is a bad division that anybody could still win, but at 6-6, six and six, it feels like the Buccaneers have a stranglehold? I don't yeah. understand how football works anymore. The NFC East is fantastic, and the NFC South is garbage. Well, what this the South in both garbage, the yeah, East true. in both surprisingly Fantastic. very good, the West in both have some big old disappointing teams, mm-hmm. and the North in both will be the you know Super Bowl teams. It'll be Bengals and Vikings, <laughs> and we'll see you in that game. All right, relax. <laughs> I didn't have anything for the North. That'd be fun though. Wouldn't it be nice to have Bengals Vikings and somebody could feel good after in the end of it? I mean, obviously, yeah. I've been rooting for you, but America would be rooting for Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, some may feel good. Some may feel pretty awful for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one more game here for next week. Buccaneers at 49ers. Uh, an interesting one, honestly. I it mean, is. Got to go to San Francisco, but Brock Purdy, full week of uh, practice, uh, but he'll get the start. I'm assuming it's not Josh Johnson. It'll be Brock <laughs> Purdy moving here. Um who do we, who do you like, Dan? Buccaneers at San Francisco. I mean, I like San Francisco, but I think it's hilarious that Tom Brady's like, "Hey, Jimmy, you ducking me, bitch? You ducking me? <laughs> yeah. You ducking me head to head, motherfucker?" They, you're right. Still haven't lined up to each other. Never. It's been like Garoppolo's been in the league for nine years. Yeah. So I I mean I I think the 49ers are going to get massive pressure. I think the 49ers defense is really really good, but uh, yeah, I think the 49ers win it. Um, if this was in Tampa, I'd maybe have a different conversation. But yeah, if you're going to, you're going all the way west coast, uh, have some fun in California, Tom. I don't think you're coming away with a win. Yeah, I want to at this point. You know, at, at this point, you want to kind of get your mind in the thing where it's like, well, yeah, the Niners' defense is so good, but Brock Purdy. I mean, at some point, he's going to become a liability, right? I mean, okay, fine, Niners win the division or whatever, get a, a home game in the playoffs, but at some point, right? I want to try to start saying, like, I know who the top three teams in the AFC are. I know who the top three teams in the NFC are. And I think the AFC, you know, we saw what the Bengals can do, and it's the mm-hmm. Bills and the Chiefs, and that's what I feel like. Yeah. The NFC, I, Eagles, obviously, your Cowboys. Why not my Vikings? Hell yeah. Let's forget about that. these Niners. That's what I want. Yeah. Niners still scare me. I have them winning this, but in order for me to feel better, I, I, I kind of want Tampa to win. So I'll be kind of low-key cheering for the Bucks probably in this, but okay. it won't matter until it matters. And True. that's what we're all racing for now. And unfortunately, you know, it, seeding, that's, I keep telling myself that. It's just up to that now. 
we lose to the Lions, it's not going to matter. It's just going to matter who they line up against uh, in the in the playoffs when it comes to that. The New Orleans Saints bye week week fourteen and then sue us two other teams. But let's let's talk about their game because Dan, it is the longest rivalry in the NFL. It was down for the winner of this game would have the most victories in the NFL history. I am trying to make this 2022 game of the Green Bay Packers at Chicago Bears mean something. Packers win it 28-19 to on the road. We both picked it. Uh, for a mm-hmm. second there, I was like, yeah. I don't know, Fields is playing, and then Fields showed up. Bears were up 16-10 to at the half. But Packers did what they needed to do. They took they 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 ran away with it as Christian Watson does when he gets the ball. Yeah, Christian Watson, two TDs every game. Every That's game. Just what happens now? He just does that every game. You're you're welcome as a Cowboys fan to Packers fans listening. Uh, we did that. We unlocked his talents and potential. Yeah, how dare Fucking you, asshole? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers until he is dead. And not only until he is dead, but until he is dead and a rock is placed over his corpse, <laughs> I will not pick him to lose against the Bears. He owns uh, Chicago. He just owns Chicago, man. He just owns him. And he didn't have an amazing game in this, but he did everything he needed to do to beat Chicago, and that's just the way it always goes. Yeah, yeah. And um, now for the Bears, maybe it won't last much longer. Obviously, we're seeing a twilight. So mm-hmm. that's where you got to hang your your helps here. It wasn't him. It wasn't Rodgers today. It was A.J. Dillon, 190 total yards from scrimmage and Watson and stuff. Um, and Fields had two interceptions. He turned the ball over even though he, he still looked good when he was in there running around with the ball. Uh, He's but, a young QB. You got to feel good if you're a Bears fan. You just, you know. Yeah. You're going to get some this high year, picks but it's this year. future year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but – they both head into a bye week in week fourteen. Bears and Packers. After that, that heated rivalry, they get they get a fresh uh, fresh bye week there. So congrats They'll to both them. Lose. Both lose. Those are the games, Dan. Those are everything for uh, week thirteen. Now we have week 14's picks up. I'll see what happens from there. Because of that, uh, last week I am now at one sixteen in total picks, and Dan one seventeen. Yeah, one ahead too. Sneaking I, uh, in, sneaking into that lead. Like once this year took ahead of you, you jumped back ahead, and I'm just trying to yeah, slowly cut it down, cut it down as we go. But, man, not making it easy. Not making it easy this year. How do you eat an elephant? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's wrap it up, though. But thank you guys so much for, for listening. Uh, like I said, we've got, what, five weeks left uh, until postseason? Uh, it's getting real tight down in there. and it's uh, serious. Yeah. These, these tie games, things like that, I mean, it's going to make it a little wild here at the end. So you're going to want to tune it in here so we can keep things nice and clear for you. You know where your team lies, who's get been tombstone and who hasn't. So uh, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get the podcast. Um, I try to post the link on, on face, our Facebook page or Twitter if that's still yeah. up by tomorrow. You know, those <laughs> things. Give it time. Yeah. MySpace, I mean, our MySpace page, a lot of activity there. Is there? Man, I have not visited in a while. Yeah, our Zanga website's doing very well. Uh, uh, we have our own licensed Zoom from Microsoft. Check those out. <laughs> All right, Dan, I got a couple crazy stats. Here we go before we wrap yep. it up. 
Um, the Lions not only had eight possessions on Sunday against the Jaguars, they scored on every single one. No team has done that in the regular season game in four years. Wow. Lions. It's like touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, touchdown. Yeah, 40 points. Eight, eight times. Uh, Justin Fields is the first QB in the Super Bowl era now to rush for a touchdown in seven consecutive games. Surprising considering uh, Lamar Jackson is real. Or Cam Newton, who was doing yeah. it constantly when he got the MVP. Yeah, Justin Fields first to do it. And then uh, the the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, have now beaten the Kansas City Chiefs three times in 2022. Wow. I know. You're like, how? They're not even in the same division. They've done it three times in 2022 because they met right before the end of the regular season last year and then the championship game and now again. That's I, insane. Yeah. I, I actually have a crazy stat. Please. I'm all done. Go ahead. Uh, Brock Purdy. Bringing a little attention back to Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy was a Mr. Irrelevant. He was the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to complete a forward pass in a regular season NFL game. Oh, because there's been other, hasn't there been other Mr. Irrelevant quarterbacks? There has. Uh, okay. Uh, what is his name? Chad Kelly was Kelly, a Mr. Yes, Irrelevant. But he did not make a regular season forward pass. You know, because he's out there just breaking into houses. That's uh, right. Larry Wank. Uh, back in no, 1991. What's his, wait, Larry. Larry Wank. <laughs> uh, there's our good friend Ronnie McAdda. Yeah, great friend. Which is good. He's a good guy. Uh, Chandler Harnish. Uh, you say that none like of those I know guys. Him. Yeah, none of those guys ever. Uh, he was a Northern Illinois guy. Oh. Uh, yeah. So. Oh wait, was he? Am I crazy? Yeah, Northern Illinois. Uh. And he he actually did that not this week. He did that week seven against the Chiefs. But he also became the first ever, this is not surprising after you learn that fact, first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass in a regular season. So he's blowing up all the Mr. Irrelevant stats. Um, He is not, however, the greatest Mr. Irrelevant. And it would take a lot to unseat the current reigning Mr. Irrelevant champ. Can you guess who it is? The best Mr. Irrelevant ever drafted in any position? It's not even close. I'm sure. I'm sure when you say it, I'll remember. But tell me, who is it? Ryan Suckup. Oh, sure. That yeah, means Super Bowl winner. Uh, really take good a kicker Pearl with bowler. that pick. You know what you're doing. I mean, yeah, plus back then when Suckup was drafted, I don't think you drafted kickers. So no. you waited I mean, until the supplement. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great waiver wire. Uh, but he's been a multiple-time Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champion. So hey, he's happy give good. it up. All right. Well, congrats, Brock Purdy. Um, I'm not saying I don't want your success to continue. Just, you know, maybe not. Uh, don't get in my way. That's all. Fair. <laughs> thank, but thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Push Off Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this one. I think we did. Uh, I am Scott. And this is Dan. And we hope you enjoy week 14. We'll see you afterwards. Goodbye. Goodbye.